Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Venture Property Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. I know you're all really, really busy. And amazed that you take the time out of your day to listen to these podcasts, listen to my ramblings and me interviewing these people. It's great that you do. Um, I get some really good feedback as well, and you seem to all really like the guests that I get on. Today's sponsor is the Real Estate Slackers. The Real Estate Slackers is a completely free Slack group that myself and John Corey created because I believe that everybody needs a bit of JC in their lives. To get access to this, if you go to realestateslackers.com, fill in the form, we'll give you access. We cover loads of different topics in that group and there's loads of people to help you. Today, I am really excited to have a guest on. The guest is Toby from Sprift. I could talk to Toby about so many different things for so long. Me and him geek out about technology, among other things. But Toby, for those of you, for those of the listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you give them a background about you and what you do, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. Thank you, firstly, for having me, Ryan. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, well, so my name is Toby Wild. I'm one of the founding partners and the commercial director of a property data platform uh, called Sprift. We are the internet's most comprehensive and transparent data platform. Um, my background, personally, I, I spent eight years in agency, starting off in about 2005, um, then moved into development, small-scale developments myself, and consulted on some for friends and family. Um, and Sprift basically was born out of the frustrations that the, that, that the founders had um, over, over you know, how difficult it is to find and research and buy properties in the UK. Um, mm. The brainchild of a guy called Matt Gilpin, um, who's been in buy-to-lets and investments and development since about 1999. But um, yeah, we just go for it so frustrated with how hard it all is. We thought there's got to be an easier way. You know, there's got to be more transparency. There shouldn't be so much sweat equity put into so many failed deals because the numbers just don't stack up anymore. Um, so we started building a platform that um, that addressed these issues, really. Yeah. Did you find that you were, you know, because I know you've done some consultancy and some developments yourself. Did you find that issue there that you were spending so much time looking at deals and it was just pulling data from so many different websites that it just got so over the top and took too much time? I, I, I think every everybody, even even estate agents and homeowners, have the same problem now. You know, I spoke to a guy the other day who told me he's looking at 200 properties for every one that he buys. You know, if you imagine hours or days that that takes uh, to look at them and actually do the research. I mean, you know, new build developments, you can spend, what, seven days researching. Buy to let, you, you can spend anything from two, three hours to two, three days. Um, you know, they, they, we thought there had to be a better way. So... What, what Sprift effectively does is Sprift aggregates all the data related to every property in the UK. So I think we've got about 530 different data sets now. Um, we pull it all together in one place. So we've got 25, 26 million reports of properties across the UK. And everything that you would or should want to know uh, in your due diligence and research process, we pull it all together and allow you to make more informed investment decisions. Mm, I know that it's one, it's, it's a software that I've, I've had access to and I've been been in recently and the time that it saves is absolutely paramount for me and I know now I think we live in a changing world people want convenience people expect instantaneous results and that's what this software gives you and I look at so many deals and I just going back to that point of spending so much time looking at deals I've spent so long looking at deals and 
it's just wasted time and i've always always thought there's there's got to be a better way of doing this and i try to automate everything and what i really like about one of the features that your website has is if you don't have the full data available if you mark that as research literally within an hour sometimes less somebody personal to me sends me an email like oh here's the full report for that property how how did you even think about pulling all that together well we it, it all it all was built on one question really which was um our chairman george his background is in um car sales he was a, a used car salesman in the 80s and 90s he had i think six car supermarkets um so uh he you know he 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 put it really succinctly but um matt came up with the original idea of the full service history for your house like you know you wouldn't buy a used car without a full service history so so why do you buy a house so so we came up with this concept of, of of building logbooks for homes basically and then from there we realized we could automate information such as listed building status and floodplain risk and and the planning data and then we started to realize, oh, hold on, we can map tree preservation orders. We can use accurate, you know, site boundaries with, you know, land registry overlays to confirm the boundaries. We can measure the sites. You know, we can um, pull in all the land registry documents, fences certificates, NICEIC, um, and just more and more. And even down to market data, such as comparables to sales, letting, room rates, you know, historic capital appreciation, forward-looking capital appreciation, ROIs, yields, average rental prices per style of property, etc etc we just figured hold on if we can if we can pull all this together then you know it just basically means you can do everything in one place you know half mm. the time you can't find this data or it takes you ages but we we our, our big ambition is to just bring everything together in one place and become sort of you know the de facto property data company really mm. um, but i'd always like to point out we we went out about nine months ago with this product and we were we were originally a forward-facing uh, product for, for estate agents for them to help with their marketing and you know speed up the, the transfer of properties. You know, transaction times now you know, fourteen weeks on average for conveyancing. It's ridiculous. But um, so we'd, we were trying to get in the estate agents and solicitors to speed up the transactions, and that's when we started realizing actually we don't need the estate agents to build the report because we can give this to investors and developers as well, who can you know nobody cares as much about what they're buying as the person buying it. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a great way of speeding it up. But we, we, as I said, we went out to the market about nine months ago with this and said, look, give us your feedback, tell us what's wrong with it and tell us what's right with it. But tell us what you want it to do most importantly. So a lot of the ideas now that you see on the platform have been built in co-creation with the industry as a whole. So people tell me, oh, I'd like you to do this. And if it's, if it's feasible and fits in what we're trying to do ideolo- ideologically with the business, then, then we do it. So yeah. um, we're constantly yeah. new evolutions if anyone gives us a good idea. I, that is just where I was going to jump in because I know when I, I saw you speak about this, you came into a mastermind in which I'm involved in and my brain was literally like I was so excited uh, I could have just left that mastermind and just spoke to you for the rest of the afternoon <laughs> about things that I would like it to do and to try and connect dots I've been trying to connect for months. I think that's really key, especially in, in today's age. I mean, if we look at, for an example, if we use sort of Apple and Microsoft, Apple have um, an iPad, Microsoft have a Surface Pro. Microsoft's software and their Surface Pro is probably actually better than the iPad but people buy the iPad. 
And it's because of that experience. And that is one of the biggest comparisons I can make to Sprift, having used it. It's that user experience that you guys have really absolutely nailed. But what you've also done on that is put an incredibly good back-end product together. So the user experience is so seamless, and then that back-end just supports that. But you sell it on that user experience and pulling that service history together. And I think that is absolutely commendable um, and something that I think is going to make you ridiculously successful. Um, That's very sweet of you to say. I mean, we, we, we do like to share the credit out a lot. We've been very, very fortunate in the people that we've met along the journey in terms of uh, our development team and our front-end designers um, they are really, really keen on um, user experience and the how you know the user interface, how it all, all comes together to be used. Um, so yeah, we, you know, it's it's not a one man project. It's not a five man project. This has been this has been a real a real effort by the industry as a whole and just a, a big team behind it really who who actually care, which is um, I think one of the most important things when you're building a business. How have you just going off tangent slightly because I know you're a young guy? How have you found being involved in the team and sort of your role and people looking up to you and you giving directions and ideas, et cetera, et cetera, of where you want this to go. I think personally for me, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not somebody who can be easily managed. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I am uh, too dyslexic for that, too hyperactive. Uh, so I, I never really fit into the corporate world. I mean, I, I've worked at, I worked at some of London's larger corporate agencies like John Hollingsworth and Kinley Falcon and Hayward. Um, but I, I, I need some, I'm someone who needs a certain amount of freedom uh, to operate in order to get the best results. Um, and, you know, the, the partners, the other partners understand that with me. Um, you, know, I, you know, I like to think I get results. Um, so it, it, it works well. And previously, I mean, I've, in partnership with, with two other guys, I, I've started, uh, scaled and exited an estate agent in my early 20s already. Um, it was, you know, it was a modest affair. I think we had 200 HMOs under management when we sold it. Um, but that was really a great uh, bedrock in terms of not only learning, you know, how to act in a professional manner and, you know, caring more about your own brand reputation in terms of building a company, you know, um, again, it's the same thing as buying. Nobody cares as much about your brand reputation as you do yourself. Mm. Um, so I, I, I think it, I think we get on really well, and I'm, I'm glad to have had that early young experience, even to a smaller la- level, um, because I think it's um, I think it teaches you that resilience in a business to to go forward and not get uh, get um, you know depressed about when you, when you get a knockback or somebody says something negative towards you because you know it's just head down, bully and shove, as they say. Mm. I think that's really key as well. And just listening to you there, it's um, it's very prevalent that you know how you are as a person. And I'm very, very similar. And I've literally wrote down, I'm somebody who needs a certain amount of freedom to be successful. Um, I've squared that, starred that, um, and to get results. And I'm exactly the same. Uh, and I think knowing how you are as a person enables you to to be more successful because you you know that if someone asks you to do something that's just not what you're going to do or to try and get you to be more corporate or et cetera, et cetera, it's just not going to happen. Um, so staying true to yourself and then surrounding yourself with people who are who give you different skills that you don't have. Um, and you definitely have that, that ability to, to know your strengths. 
Um, and I really like that. And you are so humble as well. I absolutely love it. Um, but I am going to ask you about some of the achievements that you've made with Sprift that you are particularly proud of. So if you yeah. could delve into them, that would be great. Of course, yeah. I'm always happy to talk about Sprift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit of a drone, I'm afraid. Yeah, don't, don't come talk to me at a networking event. I'll, I'll talk to you about it for too long. <laughs> well, what I've found with me and you actually is that we can go off on tangents. We have spent quite a bit of time chatting now and we can go off on tangents in some crazy, crazy places but actually find some serious gold in there. I'm not going to say what those things are, but just from, just from chatting and going off on tangents, we found some cracking pieces of information between the two of us. Yes, yeah, no. Well, do you know what? I, I, I love to learn. Um, mm. You know, I, I, yeah, I love, going, I love talking to people. I love going to events because I'm always learning stuff. I've got a notepad full of ideas. I just jot down the nick from people. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, but yeah, you know what? You only get smarter by talking to people and asking questions. And I think um, you should never be afraid to do that. Uh, I completely agree. In fact, when I got off the phone with you the other day, I actually texted a friend of mine and said, Toby is one super expletive, smart bloke. Because I was just <laughs> like, they know you as well. And I was just amazed by the conversation we had. Um, anyway, we digress. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, Sprith, what, what are our proudest achievements? Um, well, we're very, well, we're very we, people don't believe this. We've only actually launched, I mean, six weeks ago now, eight weeks ago. Um, and we're over a thousand users uh, in that period. Uh, so we're incredibly proud of that. And that's, you know, we haven't got a massive marketing budget. We haven't spent a fortune on, you know, TV advertising or social media. That's, you know... I, I think between the company, we, we, we've certainly spoke to everyone who's a member and I'd like to think I've shaken, you know, um, at least half of the people's hands. Um, so and it's really nice now because we, we've got this kind of momentum where I meet people. I spoke at an event last night, for instance, somebody came up to me straight away and said, absolutely, you know, they're like incredible. We love what you're doing in terms of, you know, your goals and what you guys are trying to do as a company. Um, but I've actually heard of you. They're like, you're written down in my notebook because I've been at somewhere else and someone said, have you met Toby from Sprift? You need to get on this. We're using it. This is the future. And that's, that's really vilifying for us. And, you know, we, when you build something that hasn't been built before, you know, you're like, oh my God, is this not being built because we're, 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 we're the idiots and we're building something that nobody needs? But then when actually people start en masse telling you you've done, you're doing something good for everyone here, that's, um, that's really cool for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really proud about that. But also we, we're very, uh, we were very fortunate. We found a couple of great data scientists, um, one of them in particular who joined us from government. Uh, and he has um, the things he's doing with our data now are just absolutely incredible. Um, so, for instance, this week we've started churning out, uh, or not churning out, we've started uh, rolling out our stressed asset indicator. So, effectively, what that is, is we've done a sweep of all of the properties in the UK. And uh, so far, we've done an early indicator of 9,000 of them that are at risk of being repossessed, but which haven't entered administration or receivership yet. So, we're basically giving a pre indicator that that property is in trouble. And we're sending them out to our users so that they can go and try and buy these properties off market. So before the banks step in, 
you know, they've got a great opportunity and it's, it's good for not only the owner who, you know, is in trouble and a lot of times they'll, they just want to wipe their mouths in order to avoid receivership or administration, but also it's a great potential for, for investors and developers to find some great opportunities to do some good building. So, um, it's, um, we're particularly proud of that one. That's, um, that's really exciting for us. That one is exciting for me as well. Uh, for somebody who loves to buy pubs and bash them about and all that kind of stuff, that right there is is an incredible one. And you've see, you've taken this software that was there initially to create this full service history for a house, and it's now evolving with the customer's needs. Um, now it it can provide all of that, but can also help find sites as well. That is that that is just incredible um, and something that I'm so so excited about because you'll be able to have this list search for stressed assets so you'd be finding deals but then you can do the due diligence in the software straight away get everything that you need and then just move on uh, find that owner in the site contact them etc etc it's just I am so excited um, <laughs> to buy another pub yeah, well, pubs as well. You know, there's a lot of pubs in trouble. So, uh, I mean, uh, perhaps the renaissance of the pub buying game is a little bit behind us now. I imagine a lot of the uh, the poor quality ones will have already bitten the bullet. But, um, but there's, yeah, there's always going to be opportunities. Same same with nursing homes and things like that. And I spoke to a guy the other day who's got a really interesting um, idea surrounding air rights and distressed assets, you know. It's, um, you know, which obviously in London is, you know, one of the few ways you can find sites these days is, is going up so uh, well yes well air rights is an interesting one um because it doesn't seem to have, it doesn't seem to have come that far north yet i know i was looking at a site recently and the site on its own was pretty good it was next to another development but there was a pub next door to it mm-hmm. and the pub would never ever ever sell um despite my nearly weekly letters asking them if they want to sell um yeah i'm a little bit of a stalker when i want a property. Um, but they had this massive car park and i actually went to them and said look i'll give you 200 grand for the car park air rights or i'll buy the car park off you and lease it back to you but i want i want the air rights that's what i'm after yeah. it doesn't seem to be that that popular further north yet i don't know it might be people are actually doing it but keeping it quiet it's Really, really interesting one. I'd love to hear your views actually on air rights because you're a very, very knowledgeable man when it comes to property and development. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not. It's not a. I'm not a specialist on the subject, so I'm, um, I'm reserved about offering my opinion too much. I am just relieved um, that you know in the London plan. Uh, I think it comes out in November. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think it's November. But they're really going to be pushing heavy on it on, on on air rights. You know, there's a lot of buildings in London that are no longer fit for purpose um, that should go up. Uh, you know, in my opinion, certain um, areas of London, um, and it's not area specific. It's style of properties in the locations um, I'm particularly concerned about. But I think they should be compulsory purchased, and we should start again. Really. Um, yeah. You know, we do have this capacity issue. Uh, it does mean that people are having to move further and further out. Um, you know, and I just, uh, you know, I'm not a particular fan of that. So I think air rights, I think air rights is, is a great opportunity. And um, in particular, I mean, you know, what this guy was saying was effectively, you know, if you go along to someone who's in trouble and they've got a flat roof and you, you, you know, you suddenly turn up and offer them 200 grand for the air rights, 
you know, you're the, you're the golden ticket, aren't you? You're, you're, you're saving them effectively. So yeah. it's, a, it's a no-brainer for a lot of these guys. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that works. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm very pro I'm very pro any form of building in London um, that uh, is cost-effective, effectively, because uh, it's, um, you know, certainly a lot of the, the new build sites that people are looking at, not only are they not making money, I, I know of some, several developments in London that are actually have lost money in the build period over the last couple of years. So, um, Wow. So yeah, it's um, it's a tough market. That's why everyone's swarming up to Manchester, which is Everyone, again, everyone's going over to Manchester. <laughs> yeah. I even find it diff- slightly tougher at the minute to find sites. I I had this sort of great eighteen month period where I was finding so many sites, nothing was an issue, and now people just want the, their expectations are just so so high on sites and how much they're worth. I was looking at one last week. Uh, I know the vendor very, very, very well. The GDV on it's about 4.4 million. And I actually used Sprift to help me do my due diligence. And it was coming back with the, that's the GDV that it gave me mm-hmm. um, of what was in the area of, you know, the, the style of properties, everything, all the information was there. Helped me do the due diligence on this really, really quick. Spoke to the vendor. There was no price banded about. Uh, they want 1.6 million plus for this site and i'm just like how how did you get to that figure yeah. um and i literally printed out the script report gave it to him and said look this is what's in the area this is what is selling in the area this is the comparables that's what it's going to cost me to build them blah 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 that was just one example of how it of how it helped um, <coughs> and that was all done within sort of 20 minutes of me just messing around on script <laughs> see it makes, it makes it so fast and simple doesn't it it's uh it really is it you know what it's all the, all the good stuff goes straight out straight away and i'll, I'll really i'll labor this point i'm i'm not a property developer anymore you know for the last two years uh we've been so heavily focused on sprift uh i you know i've uh, i'm not actively looking for sites uh i'm uh uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, we're working 17-hour days on on, on Swift, um, so there wouldn't be any time to even if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> but it's but it's it's going so quickly these days. You have to be so so quick to act and act and make a decision that in reality you need something like Swift. Like I said, it, you know, back when we were doing stuff and looking for stuff, you know, you'd spend seven maybe ten days on larger sites doing your due diligence, pricing them up, and researching them. But um, but yeah, you know, it's, you need to make decisions instantly, effectively, to get all the good stuff. Because the stuff that stays around is all the stuff where they've over-egged the GDV or the owner doesn't understand about the S106 contributions and, you know, doesn't think that that should come off the land cost if it's already got planning. And, um, and uh, or, you know, they've got contamination issues and stuff like this. And it's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's so tough. It really is. You, you really need an edge these days, which is, you know, why we brought along Sprift. Yeah. <laughs> The ability to be able to find sites in a piece of software like that and then check the comps literally instantly is is just such a game changer. Um, I know when I was you was doing your presentation at Mastermind, my brain was going and I was making notes. People were nudging me like, "You're gonna go mad with this, aren't you?" <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a geek when it comes to technology, um, and uh, I just love connecting things as well and seeing how technology can actually do that and i can i don't know why but i can see that so i can see over here to the left and over here to the right and then 
a piece of technology is doing da 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 da, and then da 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 da, and then there's that gap in the middle. Can we connect all of that? And I love that, and I just geek out massively about that. And so far, I love being able to ring you up and go, Toby, do you think Sprint can do this? And you go, uh, give me ten minutes, and then <laughs> yes, it can. Uh, and actually, that might be a good addition. Or no, Ryan, you're an absolute nutter. Why would you want that? Um, <laughs> do you know what I've, I've never had anybody who has come to me with a nutty idea like even one so I got one and I, I when it came to me I thought uh, this is completely out of the box uh, and I was just like this is not possible at all it was, it was about Japanese knotweed someone said can you match up any Japanese knotweed for me uh, on, on there and I was like I just thought that's absolutely mad how, how, how could I even go about doing that but of course Japanese knotweed is reportable so um so suddenly, what I thought was a, a mad idea, brilliant, but mad, I, you know, in terms of how we do it, actually, I realized we could have done it. But then, obviously, we have to be so robust in our data. We did an audit of, of the date of the reportable um, Notweed database, effectively, and um, found that sites that we knew of, um, or not sites that we knew of, but actual people's homes we knew of, like uh, two, two of the guys involved with Sprift have reportable Japanese, Japanese Notweed, and one of the... Uh, one of the one of the founding uh, well the chairman actually done a development where it had reportable Japanese knotweed which had been treated, um, but it was still in the reportable time frame. Uh, we looked on on the database and 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 two of these were missing. So for us, you know, we can't we can't work on we can't do that. You know, we need our accuracy levels so high. Um, you know, uh, so we just we looked at it and although it's a great idea, if the data was more robust and more accurate, we would have done it. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't, so we we can't. And um, this goes again, it's not, you know, we have to be very careful about, um, you know, the information we display and it being accurate. And that goes back to the point you made about your own dedicated data researcher. That's because every report that gets opened on our platform gets audited. So it's all automated. You know, you tag it as a research, or even if you don't tag it as a research, the property will get audited anyway. So they'll go, they'll check our surveyors databases, they'll check our land registry data, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they'll just check it for accuracy because, um, yeah, we want everything to be so accurate. Um, so, yeah, that's part of the reason we do it. But also, you know, some of the information we, we hold can't be automated, unfortunately, such as um, the historic photos going back 20 years and the historic floor plans, about half the UK housing stock for floor plans. We can't automate that. And also the transaction history, which um, I think, so you know the emails you get from your data researcher? Yep. And they put in there sort of, here's every time it's been advertised in the last 20 years. Here's the agent who advertised it. Here's the price. Here's the reductions. Here's the sales. Here's the rental prices when it's been advertised for rent. All that transaction history, which is great back and back knowledge. Um, I looked, I looked at a, one of the stressed assets the other day actually, and uh, we had a whole A4 page of, of sales rentals uh, for it over the space of the last. I, I think that was only going back ten years. It was a ridiculous amount, maybe like 50, 50 entries in there. So um, it's. Well, um, yeah, but it, you know, yeah, we have to be so robust. But yeah, no, there's been no, there's been no lunatic ideas so far that we're just like, you know, nobody's come along to us and said something that's so out of our brand ethos or or what we're trying to do that it doesn't make sense, you know. I think there's a challenge, then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, please don't say that. I'll start, I'll start getting mad ones. It's yeah. like, can I start? Can I start analysing canal boots on here? It's like, yeah, you know, like just some gone. absolute crazy idea. But I think that 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 goes back to you guys have that the customer is first and you want to build something that they want to use and adding the knotweed in 
yes, you couldn't do it, but the fact that you had a go at it and you went down every avenue and you exhausted it just shows how detailed this system, this Swift software is going, is and is going to become. Um, because being able to, to know that, that is literally just the, going through the checklist of everything you want when you're looking at a property. Boom, 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 done. Um, that's credit to you. I mean, Knotweed is an absolute. That's one of those ones that when you hear that in when you get to legals, it's like, oh, no. Oh, God, here we go. What is going to happen with that? Um, I found something really interesting. Do you know where the prevalence of Knotweed actually comes from? No. Where it's most prevalent. And I didn't know this. I was talking to a, a solicitor the other day and they told me um, it, the most prevalent site is next to tubes. And, and I look back on all the properties I've sold in, in central London, which had issues with knotweed. And um, yeah, two out of the three of them backed onto the tube lines. And uh, again, the guy, one of the guys who works with us, he, he lives, like, he, he's yeah, 50 yards away from uh, the, the, the tube line, if that, the, uh, the district line. Like, so I started to think, I'm like, do you know what? Actually, that makes perfect sense. Apparently all the, all the uh, I don't know what they'd be, seeds or... Um, you know, yeah, yeah, just blow down through the tube lines. Apparently, that's um, so. Yeah, the highest prevalence of them is is around the around the, the underground, which is I found really interesting. So, so uh, that's amazed me as well. But it makes perfect sense blowing down the tube line. Yeah, it's um, well, certainly like you know, district line and all these. When you start going above ground, as it were, yeah, that's um, but yeah. that is an evil thing, Japanese knotweed. Yeah. It's <laughs> One of those things that's just like, oh god, and it scares a lot of people. Oh, I, I never forget. I was, I was, I was doing a house in in Fulham, um, right by Parsons Green Station, and uh, this guy turned up, and uh, he's like, I need the keys for. I can't remember the. And I remember it was number thirty, but I can't remember what street it was. He goes, I need, I need the keys, and I was like, who, who are you? And he said, I'm this guy. You know, I'm here to treat the Japanese knotweed. I was like, right. Have you booked in to take the keys? He's like, <laughs> He's like, no, I'm here to collect the keys. And I was like, well, yeah, you need to book in, mate. I need to know who you are. And he's like, you cannot prevent me. I'm taking the keys. It's a Japanese knotweed infection. I will get you arrested or some kind of yeah. stuff. And he really laid it on thick. And I was only 18 at the time, I think. And I you know, panicked a little bit. I was like, I still have to call head office. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, it was, um, but yeah, no, the seriousness of it is, um, yeah, it's horrifying. It is some, it is some serious, serious thing. So I have another question for you. Then what does the future hold for Swift? Well, we, 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 our, our ambition is to become um, the de facto uh, data provider for, for real estate, effectively. Um, we want to corner the property data market um, and, um, yeah, just continue our, on our mission, really, which is to speed up and simplify property transactions, um, effectively commoditize property transactions by turning it into the asset class it always should have been, because, um, you know, effectively, if everyone used Sprift, then, you know, everyone knows what the margins on property should be. And, okay, you'll have a few people who, who might be interested in going below those margins. But, uh, but a lot of people, I, I, I assume, are buying properties because they don't know how to do this due diligence. They don't have, you know, the years of experience or the family or the friends or the right, the right advisors who tell them, this is a bad deal. You haven't accounted for this and you haven't, you know, you, you're going on the comps of a land agent who's over-egged it by 20 or 30%. So I'm rather of the assumption that people aren't making, deliberately making bad business decisions. 
um, doing these deals. So I'm, I'm of the hope, call me idealistic if you want, but I hope that everyone will start using Spriff, then we will actually get to a point where things are more commoditized. People know what the asset is worth going in and going out. They know the realistic build costs and you know what they can realistically achieve in terms of planning, etc. Um, so that's, you know, is, um, so hopefully I, I'm just hoping it'll improve the industry for everyone. You know, it's, it's so tough out there now, you know, institutional money's coming soon. Uh, it's, if it hasn't already come, uh, yeah. it's become so much harder for, for us SMEs out there. Um, that, um, you know, we, you know, we need an edge and we need to, um, yeah, we need to find those deals quicker really. Um, mm. but in terms of, you know, future developments of Sprift, I see us doing more with the machine learning and AI elements of our business, uh, in terms of data, so in terms of predicting build costs more accurately. Um, and also we're already working on, um, predicting planning applications. So for instance, I you know, I could tell you, um, this is, this is, you know, weeks away rather than months or years, but, um, I could effectively tell you on Arcacia Avenue, your opportunity for getting a planning uh, planning permission to, you know, convert a house into a three bed flat would be, you know, 68%. Your top five planning agents would be these guys by success rate, your top five planning officers by pass rate of these guys and your top issues surrounding planning are parking right to light or whatever. So we're starting to use that because if you think about the hundreds of millions of plannings of documents we have, because we have them from every property going back to 19, well, we have the data, uh, the, the application going back to 1947, but the documents usually from the early to mid nineties. Um, so, so yeah, so more in came with the machine learning and AI elements of it. And um, something else you touched on was the bespoke search function, which is uh, live now. So you can effectively, you know, depending on your strategy, you know, say, let's say you were looking for a, you know, a, uh, an office block in Guildford that was 10,000 square foot and sat on an acre plot of land, wasn't subject to Article 4 directions and was um, F-rated EPC. Um, you know, we could effectively we can effectively uh, roll up a list of every property in that area that matches those requirements or in a polygon that you draw, you could even draw a polygon on our map and it'll bring them up. Um, and um, yeah, so you can, whether they're off market or on the market, we then link it to the Sprift report. Again, if it's an overseas or corporate ownership, we'll tell you who the owner is for free as well. Um, and um, yeah, you can go and try and buy it effectively. So yeah, more to do with the off-market search and acquisition element of the business, more to do with the machine learning and AI um, to, to create more useful data. So, but this is, you know, the thing about big data, the more users we get, uh, the more, the more, more, the more sexy things we can do with the data. So, and you know, I mean, obviously your data is going to be private, but you know, if we know that it costs 22,650 quid to build your loft conversion, you know, that's, you know, we can start amalgamating just those key facts about every property in the UK to accurately predict what build costs more. Um, so, you know, it sort of also, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great way of doing it, isn't it really? Because if you get your builder come around and he said, oh, I mean, this is a ridiculous example. I've had people come around to give me quotes to, to move air conditioning units before. And I've had ones come out, turn up and the first one came in at two and a half grand. And I was like, that seems pretty steep to be honest, to be honest mate. And, uh, Next guy's coming, he's 1,200 quid. And I was thinking, yeah, that's what I expect it to be. The next guy's coming at four and a half grand, you know? <laughs> How many, uh, to do the exact same job, he was moving a cassette, that was it. How many of these chances get, you know, to rip people off because people don't know what the accurate pricing should be for a job, you know? Yeah. So, and that, that goes into that, I've, I've got some notes to pull up. And like you say, you're just picking up on it, the more users that you guys get inputting their information, 
then the better that whole process is going to be. And then your due diligence will be even better. So it's like none of these chances are going to be able to to rip you off. You're going to be able to go in and go, well, actually, no, because my SWIFT report has said that this, 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 and this, this is what it's going to cost. And this is what it's cost other people in the area per square foot, whatever. Yep. Um, and I think that, that that's really cool. And then picking up on the planning as well, I think that is a feature that should we should definitely touch on right now because being able to do a full due diligence in one area and then go, do you know what, I want to buy that property. This is what I want to do with it. And then you go, do you know what, you're going to get a 67% chance of getting planning on that. That is incredible. This is the planning officer to use, so I go to that planning officer. And these are the top three objections or the top three issues. Then, right now, sat at my laptop, I can put together a plan of how I'm going to tackle that and if I feel like I'm confident enough to do so, I, from the report and the data that you've given me, then that becomes, that becomes a deal. That becomes a go-ahead for me, moving yeah. those forward. It's going to save so much time. Well, and- I mean, you know, even if it's just an indicator, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I haven't, again, I don't, I don't, we're not in developments anymore. I haven't looked at sites in ages, but I do remember, you know, you used to look and, um, you know, you look at sites and, and then you're suddenly looking at all, this, all the stuff that's going on within the borough of a similar kind of plot and you're reading all their planning applications. You're reading all their planning applications and everything, trying to find out, you know, exactly what's going on. You're trying to get the floor plans of the buildings next door to check about light issues, you know, the right to light, things like this. And, you know, if, if, if we can flag that quicker, and I mean, yeah, even just going back to floor plans, you know, you could just, on, our, on our map, you know, you can just, you could just click on the next door property um, and, uh, you know, you can get the floor plan pulled up straight away. So you know that that bedroom is overlooking your plot and you've got a problem with, you know, the, the pitch of the building. But, um, so yeah, it's, um, data, it's the more, the more data you've got and the more granular, you, the better your decision-making is going to be. Even if it is just an indication, if you can get as granular as possible, which is what this allows you to do then it's, it's got to be better. Why don't you um, just wow people and tell them how much this costs? <laughs> Do you know, I think I should start with this, actually. I, I, I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and they, um, they, they started to negative close me already, and I just instantly knew what it is. And I said, sorry, I, I really get the impression you think it's, this is going to be really expensive. They're like, isn't it? And I said, no, it's, um, it's 50 quid a month. Um, but... <laughs> Because we are still celebrating our launch and um, we're trying to grow quickly, what we're doing this month is we're giving people, um, you know, friend, friends of yourself and friends of respectively, we're offering, we're extending a discount really is what we're doing. We're, we're offering a 12-month package for 495 so it's just over 20% reduction. And in addition to that, the stressed asset indicator, we're giving 12 of those for free so you don't have to pay us for them. If you buy the property, you don't have to buy it, pay us a percentage of the purchase price. You get them completely for free. They're exclusive to you. You know, you tell us your criteria. Say you're looking for, you know, pubs in Lincoln or, you know, um, care homes in Berkshire or whatever. And you get 12 of those credits as and when properties come up. You know, we could, you know, Christ, if you told us you wanted two bed, 1,000 to two five hundred square foot flats in, you know, uh, Westminster, then effectively they could come up pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, we give you 12 of them free. Go off, try and buy these properties off market. You can have that from us, you know, which if you consider, if you're going to pay a buying agent for that 2%, 
you know, even if you bought a 500 grand property, you know, that's a 10 grand saving or a nine and a half grand saving straight away, isn't it? <laughs> I think that right there is, is incredible. Imagine being the first, everybody, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to be the first person to that vendor. Yes, yeah. No, the ability to be able to do that, that is amazing. I mean, if you can, don't let anybody go for pubs in Lincoln. They're, they're my baby. No, you, um, you, you do get them exclusively. And we don't, we don't let people just say, oh, I'm looking for any flat in London. Because uh, yeah. it needs to be, you know, you need to, in an ideal world, you need to have a strategy or it needs to be something that we can quantify and make it tailored to you. Because there's no point us sending you 12 stressed asset feeds. Because, you know, we could send you a £20 million block of flats in zone one and you're looking for, you know, um, you know a, uh, a three-bed semi in Bristol, you know. It's, uh, you know, it has to be a bit tailored. You know, you, you need to sort of tell us clearly what you want um, so that we can tailor it and make it, and make it as useful to you as possible. Um, but what we've actually started to realise now, and I had an interesting one the other day, one of one of my uh, friends from back in the state agency called me up to see if I had any experience of um, of the high sheriff turning up to kick out his tenants because uh, the landlord had gone into administration. Obviously, no, sorry, the landlord had gone into receivership, um, and um, you know, it, basically, they just turned up one day to kick out the tenants. Unfortunately, because it was in a corporate tenancy and they were Airbnb, he was Airbnb the place as a service accommodation thing. He did, you know, they they just left anyway, and we, once we're out, we haven't really got a leg to stand on the so. Um, I don't think he would have anyway, you know, but I'm not an expert on that field. Uh, but anyway, he called me up about this property and, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I was like, I, I said, look, I, I don't, I can't advise you on it, but can you please give me the address? Cause I need to check it against my stressed asset list. <laughs> he gave me the address. Boom. There it is. We've already flagged it. We've flagged it is in trouble. And, uh, yeah. And about a day or two later, our database is updated as the properties in receivership. Like it's that quick to act, um, it's really interesting. It's, it's quite cool. It's like a por- portfolio of about five um, townhouses in uh, West uh, in uh, West One, but uh, and then another one we, we sent out to one of our one of our users the other day, and we've had this property on our on our database since our first flag. So two months ago we flagged it as stressed. Uh, he's you know he's he's working in a in a quite a you know, a small town, you know, he knows everybody there, all the estate agents know him, you know, he's, he's, he's one of the go-to guys to buy stuff. And, um, you know, he hasn't heard about this property. We send it over to him. He, he's interested. He's done a drive-by. And while he's there, the, an inquiries board has gone up saying, you know, all inquiries call this number. So, and we flagged that two months ago, you, could, you know, and in fairness, he's now got the ammunition even to go to the people selling it and go, look, I, I know you need a quick sale on this one because the bank's knocking on your door. So here's what I'm offering, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah. And again, I say, as I say, this is, this can be beneficial not only for the purchaser, but also for the seller because it's, you know, everyone just wants to avoid having a blemish on their record, don't they? You don't want to have, you know, gone into receivership or administration as a, as an property. Yeah. And you don't, and this, and the situation that they're in as well, like they probably just want out of it. They know, they can feel that, the world is changing and you know, they don't know what to do. And, and that's a big stress for them. So to be able to actually to help them is incredible. Now, Toby, we have come to the point in the podcast where I ask the same three questions to absolutely everybody. Okay. So the first one is when you think of the word successful, who's the first person who comes to mind and why? Uh, Jimmy Goldsmith. Um, in terms of business, uh, he's my hero. Uh, 
he is the reason I dropped out of university, actually. Um, he was um, Britain's self-made billionaire, to quantify him, but that's not why I, uh, I like him. He was a man of great resilience. He, he, you know, he, he, he had a company called Cavern and Foods, and he went around merging other food conglomerates um, in the 50s through to the sort of 70s. Um, he was boom and bust all the time boom and bust but he would never lost his resilience and um i mean he, when, he, when he had his first son they the, the month the son and the, the, the mother had to stay in hospital for two weeks because he couldn't afford to pay the bill to get, to get them out <laughs> um, uh, you know uh, but he was the most resilient man um and he did some absolutely great things he was one of the original corporate raiders you know with the jim slater and the drexel bonds um, so you know, he tried to buy Goodyear tires. Uh, he went in front of a congressional hearing trying to prevent him. But um, if you if you ever get a chance to watch an interview with Jimmy Goldsmith or, or read um, the biography about him, um, I highly recommend it. You know, just I, one quick story about him, and I'll, I'll keep it quick. He um, he went to Eton, and um, he never really fitted in there. His father had lost everything during the war because they used to own the cafes. Uh, yeah, Catherine de Paris, anyway, in, in Monaco. But um, he won £8,000 on a horse bet, on horse races, uh, which is the equivalent of about 265000 today. And um, he announced to his whole house and his teachers, and he was 15 at the time, he said, it would no longer be befitting of a man, uh, a man of my means to remain a schoolboy. I am leaving immediately. And just <laughs> left. Uh, you know, that was the... That was the the courage, uh, yeah, and the, uh, the hope of the man, really. Uh, cool. And have that confidence. Um, yeah, he's my real hero. But I think he's very successful because he had, yeah, an interesting life. And, um, yeah, he certainly seemed to be happy. Wow. And I've got a video, actually, that you sent me that I need to watch. So I will put that link in the, uh, in the comments for everybody to, to watch as well. Number two. Now, this one, I... Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that the next question, the answer to this question, you can actually win. Um, if you share this podcast on social media, then I will enter you into a contest. At the end of the month, everybody who has answered this question, um, I will send you a copy of the book, um, potentially, if you win the, uh, the competition. So, I'll, tell what, I'll throw in 12 months free membership for the winner as well. Oh, look at you. So we've got, so this month you get 12 months free membership and you could potentially get four or five books. So Toby, what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you? The book that's had the greatest impact on me? Um, oh, that's a really tough one. Uh, it's almost one of my, my, this question and the next, and I've got another question that I was tempted to use is what is the book that you have read and then instantly wish you could forget so you could enjoy it all over again? I'm not <laughs> going to give you that question. Um, yeah. but uh, that, greatest influence on me, Christ. Um, uh, business, King of Capital, uh, which is the story of uh, the rise of Blackstone. Um, that's a really good book if you like business history. Um, I can't remember who the author is now. But yeah, King of Capital, The Rise of Alan Schwartzman. Uh, so Blackstone, Blackrock Group. Um, that was really good. Uh, nonfiction, Sun Also Rises uh, by Hemingway. But I would say, actually, uh, yeah, let's go, let's go King of Capital. Yeah. 
if someone else arises by Hemingway. Yeah, that's my personal. That's why non non, non yeah, fiction. Sun also rises by Hemingway. Non fiction. Yeah, King of Capital. I'd so say. is that a book that you would like to finish reading and forget, so that you could just relive the whole thing again? It was that good. Uh, the Sun also rises definitely. Uh, King of Capital, no, because I've learned too much from it that I don't want to forget because it's uh, it was so in- instructional uh, in the yeah, it's interesting really. Um, yeah, if you've got an interesting business in general, it's a great book to read. I will make sure that I get a copy of that as well. So the last question before I let you go um, is, what is the worst advice you see or hear in the property world? The worst advice I see or hear in the property world? Um, <laughs> that anyone can do it, um, <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, I... Yeah, that anyone can do it without any experience and make money at it. You know, those days are long gone. Um, you know, I, I still think people just, you know, assume that they can just go out and buy a buy to let and they're going to make money and it's all going to go well. And, you know, these are the people I think are actually skewing the market a little bit for professional developers uh, or professional investors because, you know, it's, you need to know what you're doing. You know, you need to educate yourself. I'm not saying that nobody's capable of doing it. I think everyone's capable of doing it, but they need to learn. You can't just go in this, you know, you can't just throw a rock in and expect to hit gold these days, you know? It's, um, you need to know what you're doing. You need to, you need to read up on it, you know, potentially get some training. Um, yeah, I think, I think people, I think people should, um, yeah, go out and learn and actually care about what they're doing and not just follow blindly bad advice, you know? I think you're going to treat it as a career or treat it as a way to make money. You need to invest in yourself, <coughs> be that financially or also time. Um, so I think, I think that's really important. So, yeah. I think that's incredible advice to, to anybody in property, whether you're starting out or you've been in a while. And, it, and it, is, it is true. You know, property is an asset class and we should treat it with the respect in which it, it deserves. Um, so I am going to let you go now, but before you go, um, if people want to touch base with you, where can they where can they get hold of you? Where can they access script, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Sure. Uh, well, if they um, if they want to have a look at Sprift, you just go to www.sprift.com, which is S P R I F T. Um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as Toby Wild. Um, you can find me quite easily on there. Uh, you can email me at toby at sprift.com. Uh, and if you want to take advantage of the offer I made earlier, which is uh, a year's membership discounted to 495 and 12 free stressed asset indicators, um, just email in and say Ryan's podcast and I will honor that offer. Fantastic. That is absolutely incredible. I'll make sure that I put all of those links for people in the show notes so they can get access to that. Toby, thank you very much for, for being a guest and sharing an incredible uh, journey and software thank you so much it's been a real pleasure thank you for having me really enjoyed our chat